If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. She is the best football expert on the planet. Time for pride now. And my pride's gone. We're very passionate people here. Well, We're ready to come for the W, yeah? These girls will smoke you, man. Who, us, like this? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough, the weekly gaming news show full of spicy takes and juicy gossip. I am one of your hosts for today, gaming content creator here at the Mirror Gaming, Aaron Potter, gaming editor Nathan Bliss, sadly still like not able to join us this week, although he might be making an appearance in a cheeky cameo. Let's see if you can spot it. But I'm pre... <laughs> I'm pleased to announce that joining me this week, making her return to the show, is gaming content creator Jasmine Manan. How are you doing today, Jasmine? Hi, I'm glad to be back. I always miss it when I'm not here. I feel so sad sitting in the comments only talking to you guys, so I'm glad to actually be back on the show this week. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you back on. And even better yet, we, we had a little cameo from one of your cats back there. So people watching either <laughs> on YouTube or Facebook, be sure to comment on Jasmine's cats. And, and more than one might make an appearance. Um, but also, speaking of uh, cat-loving friends of mine, another chap making his de- uh, return to the show this week is Lewis, gaming content creator and FIFA expert. How are you doing today, Lewis? Lewis Barton. Yeah, doing well, mate. Uh, good to be back on again. Two weeks in a row now, but sadly, yeah, no cats to show you, so just me. That's okay. I'll forgive you for the lack of cats. I'm also uh, lacking on that front as well. But yeah, if you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, be sure to leave us a comment. Be part of the show. We'd be more than happy to read out those comments and get you can get our instant live reactions and thoughts on this week's gaming juicy news goodness. Um, but speaking of all that juicy gaming news goodness um starfield release date has just been announced we'll be talking uh, about that up top with the guys obviously a lot of players have been waiting literal years uh, for the release date to be announced and we finally got one but will it stick following that playstation potentially being sued due to its involvement with foot points and fifa packs are they loot boxes are they not we're going to get into a debate about that and then finally obviously with fortnite chapter four season one coming to an end season two is expected to arrive later this week and it's leaks all over the shop so we'll be diving into that and then finally uh we're, we're nearing the very end of the road when it comes to hbo's the last of us tv show we've all seen it episode eight it was a bit of a nail biter and i'm happy to talk about it and excited to talk about it with the guys a little later on in the show but first let's not bury the lead Starfield release date has finally been announced. So after months of speculation, Bethesda has finally announced in a new trailer that the release date for Starfield will be September 6th, 2023, missing the planned release window of first half of 2023 that Microsoft had previously revealed. The brief announcement featured various teasers of the game, including cinematic shots of environments of someone playing it on the big screen in the background, both in third person and first person view as well 
Alongside the Starfield launch announcement, head of Bethesda Todd Howard also confirmed a date for the previously confirmed Starfield Digital Direct, and that will arrive right around E3 season a little later on this summer on June 11th, 2023, where the studio will hopefully go into more details about the game. So Jasmine, Lewis, Starfield, obviously one of the big AAA exclusive releases for Microsoft uh, later on this year. It needs all the help it can get. It's It needs to continue the momentum after releasing Hi-Fi Rush recently. I'm absolutely sick of the sound of my own voice. Jasmine, what are your thoughts on Starfield finally getting a release date? I am excited that it has got a release date. And I know that a lot of people are disappointed that Microsoft didn't really like live up to their promise of the first half of 2023. But I think like sometimes you have to just kind of take what you can get, especially with like games, like AAA games that are always being pushed back. It's just, it's like, it's really common now to have things pushed back, especially with COVID and everything. So many different games got pushed back during that season. And I think like a a lot of fans nowadays like you just get used to it and i would rather have the game come out later than it was originally promised and be actually you know like full and complete and not released with tons of bugs aka cyberpunk you know like i'm way more happy to to wait a few extra months than have to play through it when it's not finished so that's like my opinion on it but i know that that's not what everybody thinks people are always just like no i'd rather play it even if it's crap i'd rather just play it but do you actually think that or are you just saying that come on yeah it's true and i think you make a pretty uh, astute comparison with the cyberpunk 2077 point because obviously that was a another big open world rpg that people had high expectations for it came out at launch it was in an absolute mess glitches everywhere and people struggling to even complete the game xbox consoles shutting themselves down i think the fact that starfield has been delayed again and again and again because let's not forget originally this was meant to release on 11 11 21 10 years after that original uh, skyrim uh, release date i think there's a reason that xbox and bethesda are being especially careful so hopefully when it arrives on september 6th it launches in a good state lewis do you have any thoughts on on starfield's release date and um do you plan on playing the game when it comes out I mean, I'm excited for the re release, definitely. And I think, like Jasmine mentioned there, the whole gaming world probably learned from Cyberpunk about, you know, don't rush things. Uh, and I think a lot of people will be on the side of, I want to play it when it's ready, rather than I want to play it just because it's out. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, September release date, obviously that's a good time for it to be coming out. Um, and just, let's just hope it is it is ready this time. Yeah, I'm... I'm like Jasmine mentioned, they were meant to. This game was meant to be released during the first half of 2023. We had that leak a couple weeks ago on the GOG Galaxy app that seemingly suggested that Starfield was going to come out June 29th, which would have just seen Microsoft hit its release window. So the fact that now they've they've been confident enough to to give the se September 6th release date is quite uh, heartening but at the same time it does indicate to me that something behind the scenes might potentially be going on that the fact that this game's been delayed again and again and again um i'll come right out and say uh you know full hands up i am very um shall we say trepidatious about the starfield release date because um we all know that Skyrim, when it came out, was a bit of a glitchy mess. Fallout 76, which is the last major game that Bethesda uh, published in terms of that type of genre, was also uh, a very glitchy mess, despite it not working on it directly. So I feel like Bethesda has a lot to sort of prove. Again, not to keep drawing comparisons with the, with the cyberpunk thing, 
But going into Cyberpunk 2077's release, CD Projekt Red was kind of thought of as this prestigious developer that was good to its fans. It was just coming off of The Witcher 3 and it could do no wrong. Whereas I think, you know, it... It'd be silly if Bethesda wasn't looking at that and thinking we need to get Starfield right. And um, already we can see that somebody's chiming in on the chat is our good old friend Gigi. Gigi says regarding to the Starfield release date, I'm happy about the delay. Gives me time to actually get through my pile of shame. And yeah, that's that's actually a good point that Gigi brings up. This year already has been quite stacked. Um, before you know, as we enter the the new financial year coming up into April, we've already seen massive AAA releases in terms of like Dead Space and Hi-Fi Rush. As I mentioned earlier, we've got Resident Evil about to come out. Starfield is a big, meaty game that's going to take multiple hours to enjoy, tens of multiple hours if it's as big as Bethesda are leading us to believe it is. Um, yeah. Jasmine, do you plan on playing this game at release or are you just going to be too busy playing other things at the time? I think anyone that knows me knows that I'm not a single player story game type of person anyway. I I get really bored when I'm playing games by myself. So, and a lot of people always ask me like, how can you get bored? The story's so entertaining. Like that's obviously the point of playing games. But for me, it's just not really, it doesn't sit. I just get bored so quickly. So I'm not sure with Starfield. I think I feel like as we get close to the time, I'll be able to make the decision because I kind of want to see, you know, reviews of it, see what other people think of it first, and then maybe I'll I'll commit. But as of right now, it's kind of a, a no. I don't think I'm going to play it. But that's nothing against Starfield. It's more just I am not a story game person, and as I've spoken about many a time on the podcast, in terms of space games. I, I really liked Astroneer and that's not going to come through in Starfield. <laughs> like, you know, you're not going to be able to just have a sandboxy time and find random things from the environment and glue them all together to make whatever monstrosity you're trying to make. It's, you're just really not going to get that, I think, with Starfield. And for me, it's not really just, it's not going to hit, I don't think. But who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll be the best game of all time, the best story game. It'll finally get me into story games. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, the way that Xbox and Bethesda are talking about it, they certainly want it to be. But I think you make a very good point because unlike games like, say, No Man's Sky or Astroneer, which are games that many players have been quick to point comparisons uh, with Starfield uh, to, um, you know, this game wants to be everything to everyone. And um, I know Lewis agrees. Yeah, I think, um, unlike Jasmine, I'm a big fan of story games. Um but my main game is FIFA. So the fact it's come around September time, I don't think I'll be watching it, uh, playing it there and then because that's similar to when FIFA is supposed to come out. So, or EA Sports FC in this case. Um, but yeah, like Jasmine, I think I'll be willing to, uh, to wait until the reviews come through, see how it does. If it's a big glitchy mess, I can wait until it gets, it gets sorted out uh, and probably save some money and time. Well, you, you bring up a good point about saving money because, of course, I think, you know, just because us three here aren't necessarily uh, the biggest fans of, of Starfield, obviously, there's a lot of hype between this game. Whenever we write articles about it on the Mirror Gaming website, uh, it always does great for us. And um, But it's launching straight into Xbox Game Pass as a first-party exclusive. So I think that if ever people have got an excuse, you know, EA, EA Sports FC, as it's called, it comes out around a similar time. You're absolutely right, Lewis. And although it's a very different type of game, I can see some people sort of like dipping in to check it out. Like, will this, um, will this, you know, rub me the right way? Will this finally get me back into single player games? Um, <laughs> Jasmine seems to <laughs> like that. Was that because you're a cat? <laughs> 
But no, does the Xbox Game Pass factor sort of like tempt anybody else? Lewis, I know you said that, you know, FIFA or what used to be FIFA, but can you see this giving giving the game a go just for a little while at least? I, don't, I tend to be one of the... I don't usually get games on release unless it's like a FIFA game because I know what to expect from it. Um, so I still think I'll wait, but I can understand why people would like to maybe dip in and give it a go. Yeah, with the Game Pass. Yeah. I see GG in the chat again is saying exactly when they would like to play the game. And it's as simple as day one, baby. And um, that's the thing. Like, would you rather pay $70 or the equivalent in the UK to play a big AAA game? I think for better, for worse, you know, it's well documented on this show that I have issues with Xbox Game Pass, but it is great for getting people to try games they might not otherwise buy. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, the other side of this story is that... Um, uh, Todd Howard, the head of Bethesda, as part of this announcement, revealed that we're going to be getting a Starfield Direct, and that's actually coming uh, June 11th. So, which is interesting because June 29th, as mentioned earlier, was the previously uh, leaked release date. So, the fact that we're not getting, um, you know, more information between now and then until a date where we previously thought we were going to actually see the game release is quite shocking. Um, because obviously we had the Xbox Developer Direct in January where we learned more information about Redfall, Forza Motorsport, and that's where Hi-Fi Rush released. But yeah, um, that kind of that kind of shocks me a little bit. Lewis, do you have anything to say on the subject? I mean, yeah, you've asked us quite a few questions now, so I thought I'd go back to you. What are you, are oh. you looking forward to this game? Well, this is the elephant in the room, isn't it? Because I've sort of been dancing around it. I've asked you guys whether or not you're you know, looking forward to it. You've been honest with me. So I guess the only thing I can do is be honest with you and say, <laughs> I don't think Bethesda's games, for as ambitious and sort of open-worldy as they are, I felt like, at least within that initial launch window, they always seem to be a glitchy mess. Like, I unfortunately had the, well, misfortune to review Fallout 76 at the time. And again, even though that wasn't a Bethesda game proper, it was just a, a pain to play. So my hope is that by finally, you know, settling on a hard release date of September 6th, that they've taken the time to actually look at the little bits and not force it out, which there is a temptation to do. But luckily, they've got Xbox money. They've got Microsoft money. Uh, now, they, have, they don't have to worry about costs or, you know, sort of like burn rate. So I think that has something going for it. Um, Jasmine, I know you said that you're not particularly especially um, interested about uh, the single-player side of things when it comes to Starfield. But as I mentioned, we've got the the Starfield Direct coming later in June. I'm just totally curious. What is the one thing they could show off as part of that Direct that might potentially get you interested? I think this is like the most obvious answer that you guys are expecting from me, but a multiplayer mode. Um, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, I feel like it's always been like Starfield is going to be a single player story game. It's it's not going to have multiplayer, at least for the foreseeable future anyway. Who knows? Maybe if I pester them enough and talk about it enough in the podcast, they'll do it. But um, <laughs> I think that the that's what I would want to see. I'd want to be able to play it with friends. I feel like when you have such an insanely amazing game in terms of like environment um, from what we've seen anyway, um, I think that is something that you want to be able to enjoy with your friends. But maybe that's yeah. just my perspective because I love playing games with people. But that's what I would like to see from from Starfield Direct. And to be completely honest with you, I'm not interested enough in the game to really care about anything else they're going to say because it does feel like between now and then, all they're going to show off at Starfield Direct is probably going to be... Um, 
like gameplay footage, which I feel like people will already sort of know what to expect from gameplay footage now that they've revealed the environments and stuff like that. And they're just going to do more of this. Look at how beautiful space looks. And it's like, yeah, we already know, <laughs> you know, like space looks great. That's the point. And I feel like that's what they're going to show off. Like, I just I want know. them to put that on all the promotion. Like, space looks great in quotes, Jasmine Manan. And then they can yeah, sell the but game. Yeah, but that's, the, but that's that. the thing, right? That's what they're trying to like profit off of. That's what No Man's Sky did too. It's like, wow, look at space. It's like this environment in gaming that's not been explored so much. Because yeah. with gaming, you can go all around the whole bloody world. You can get any, any environment that you want to play in under the water, on land, in deserts, everything. So now they're like, yeah, let's finally do space. But it's kind of like, I want to see more of what the story is actually going to entail, but I just feel like they're not going to give that away. Well, that's you know? interesting, considering that you're not into single player games, but you want to see more of the story in terms of a reason to actually spend time in this world, I guess. Yeah, it needs a good hook. It needs a good story. If there's something about the story that they give away at Starfield Direct where I'm like, okay, now I need to play it. Yeah. Then maybe that will get me into it, you know, because that's the thing. Like, maybe I, I don't find single player games interesting because I've never really felt attached to a story before. You have been watching The Last of Us with the rest of us, though, right? Haven't you? I have. <laughs> yeah, I have. But I find it much more entertaining to consume media by watching it than by playing it. Like, if I don't yeah. watch it, I'll just watch it. I don't know. But it's interesting you say that the multiplayer side of things would, would bring you in, because I agree. Like, they've very much been talking about it as a single-player game. I think Todd Howard was asked about it before, and he's like, we think about this as a single-player game, first and mm -hmm. foremost. None of their games have been uh, multiplayer before without mods, I think I'm correct in saying. But obviously, with the No Man's Sky comparison, that was a game which, let's be honest, it was a single-player game, despite what Hello Games was touting in that it's multiplayer, but you won't be able to meet each other because there are so many infinite planets in the sky. It was eventually discovered that, oh no, they had to add that in properly later on. And I'm kind of yeah. wondering... Because I know, Jasmine, you won't be the only person uh, hoping to experience this world uh, of planets with friends, um, whether or not they could even add multiplayer if they wanted to retrospectively. Because it seems like with this engine, in my personal opinion, it's shown its age already now. I don't know if they could retrospectively add that at all. But if they do, you heard it here first on the Mirror Gaming walkthrough. Aaron, Jasmine and Lewis, we're going to squad up and we're going to go discover ourselves some planets together in Starfield for sure. I'm so confident that they won't add a multiplayer mode that I'll agree to that. <laughs> okay. Not that you guys are bad at games. <laughs> not not in that way at all. Just that, you know, Lewis's main game is FIFA. I'm not sure how many transferable skills he'll have there for Starfield. <laughs> yeah. Lewis, yeah, uh, correct I'll be, me if I'll be carried quite a bit. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Lewis, but the thing that they should show um, you during the Starfield Direct is if there's some randomly random packs that you could unlock ships in um, and pay money for, then that might get you into Starfield potentially. I mean, you never know. I mean, that leads us straight on to our next subject. Doesn't smooth it? segue, Aaron, smooth. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But before we do segue, I will say we've got gaming editor Nathan Bliss in the chat here as always, and he wants to chime in with his Starfield thoughts. Because I, I think I'm right in saying that Nathan is, out of the four of us anyway, he's one of the most excited for the game. Definitely, he chimes yeah. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. He chimes in and says, I'm glad it's a few months after Zelda. Gives me time to get through that before getting stuck in. And this is from a man who's put in God knows how many hours into Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, so the fact that he's still willing to play Zelda and he's lining himself up for Starfield straight after. Yeah, I think it bodes well. But that, that's a factor I didn't even uh, acknowledge, actually, because Zelda is a game that you can play forever. Starfield is essentially promising to be the same. So that might have played into Xbox's strategy. 
Who knows? But anyway, Starfield is coming September 6th, 2023. Or is it? A lot can happen until then. You know, there's six months until it comes out. It's not the first time it's been delayed. Um, but I'm sure Phil Spencer won't let us down. Or will he? So moving on to our next story, PlayStation issues refunds after an Austrian court rules FIFA Ultimate Team Packs as gambling. And yes, regular Mirror Gaming walkthrough users, uh, viewers, that is why we've got Lewis Barton on the show again. You've, you've guessed correctly. So a big story in the ongoing debate of our loot boxes in video games gambling. A court in Austria has ruled FIFA Ultimate Team Packs as a form of gambling, with PlayStation now having to refund several FIFA players who sued Sony back in 2020. So this has been ongoing for quite a while now. The players, which included one minor, sued Sony after purchasing FIFA points to buy the FIFA packs through the PlayStation Store, and now they've been ordered to repay. Hold your breath, guys. We're talking mega bucks. PlayStation, in a court of law, have been ordered to repay 338 euros and 26 cents um, to the plaintiffs. So we're not talking mega money, but obviously the main through line for the story here is, um, you know, our, our FIFA packs gambling. And, and Gigi once again asks that question directly to Lewis in the chat, setting me up very nice and smoothly. She says, what does Lewis think about foot packs being gambling? Are they terrible or just a bit of fun? So Lewis, give us your top level, as a resident FIFA expert, give us your top level thoughts about uh, foot packs, FIFA Ultimate Team. I mean, personally, it's never been something that I've really put money into because the odds of you getting something back are always extremely low and it's completely random. Um, and, you know, I've seen dozens of people online who have Six not percent. got gambling addictions from that. I mean, that is a leading case for it. There's a lot of cases where people have said they've ended up getting gambling addictions and it starts off from playing games like FIFA when they're younger. Um, but it, it it definitely, you know, plays plays into that. Um, but yeah, I, I personally, I'd class packs as gambling. Remember, FIFA is an E for everyone rated game. Yeah, mm. you can put real money. Yeah, but then you can put real money into it um, with a chance of getting something worth less or more than what you put in. Um, and, you know, when you open a pack, you'll see in the video here, um, depending on what you get, you get different animations. The better item you get, you get loads of fireworks, players walking out, rare animations that is I'd say appealing to younger people. They want to see those. They want to get the better players. If you're in school talking to your friends about who you got in FIFA over the weekend, you know, if your friend goes, Oh, I packed this person who's, you know, worth three hundred thousand coins and you didn't pack that, you wanna go you wanna gonna you're gonna wanna go home and get someone worth the same value <laughs> to someone up them. So yeah. I'd say personally I, I i class it as a form of gambling uh there has been a case uh, in the uk i think it was a 22 month uh ongoing consultation i think and it came to a conclusion recently i think it was last year uh where the uk government found evidence that links loot boxes with uh, problem gambling uh but decided against a ban instead calling for companies like ea to bring uh measures into play to keep young players safe Wow. So it's even trickling down to multiple countries by this point. And obviously, yeah. uh, Mirror Gaming walkthrough users, producer Will has set me up to look like a fool right now because I was just about to continue teasing Nathan Bliss's cheeky cameo. There he is in the top right corner there. Nathan, we know you're watching. Um, and Lewis, you were actually on stream with um, uh, Nathan that day. Did he, I, I can't remember how long you were streaming for, but this is a good uh, case study, really. How much money did he pump into the game then? And did he get anything of worth, uh, in your opinion? So uh, you can earn packs in FIFA in other ways than 
putting money into the game. So right, right. you complete uh, squad building challenges or objectives, for example, uh, you can earn packs without spending a penny. Uh, and that's what Nathan did. He saved packs for a few weeks, then it opened up after the Team of the Year promo dropped to try and get someone good. Uh, in that video there, that was the one best pull that he got the whole uh, the, uh, the whole live stream we did. And he saved, I'd say, like near 100 packs in total. And in out of those 100 Ooh. packs, he got really one player worth of value. Um, and it wasn't even like one of the best ones. And, you know, when FIFA comes out, you see a lot of streamers put tens of thousands of pounds into the game. And they'll they'll get nothing worth that value in return um but at the same time you know i could go on tomorrow put 10 pounds on and get millions back in return it's pure luck uh it's pure randomness and i think with the austrian court case that's what the uh players were uh making the case over they felt that fifa's random pack system was unfair and the court agreed thereby thereby um making uh fifa classing fifa packs as a form of gambling yeah, and it, I, I'll be honest, it's hard to disagree with them because we see this come up time and time again and it always seems to be FIFA that are the ones at the at the centre of it all. With good reason, because they're the big boys in, in the loot, loot box uh, world, um, as I understand it. You know, feel free to disagree with me, Lewis, but I feel like it's always FIFA that are at the centre of these um, loot box scandals. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the Netherlands, Belgium, the UK, now Austria, all these different... Uh, countries governments are having to rule and weigh into the debate but honestly you've left me a bit staggered because we prep for the podcast you know we we know what we're talking about ahead of time but lewis has just taken me aback because he's absolutely right fifa 23 is an e for everyone game but how can that possibly be right when uh miners can put money in uh into the game um it's it's, it's very bizarre uh, Jasmine, I know you're a big um, Overwatch head. I believe that's what they call people that play Overwatch, Overwatch heads. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and obviously you're mainly playing Overwatch 2 at the moment. But I remember back in the day, the original Overwatch, loot boxes uh, was that game's primary method of, you know, I believe it was mainly cosmetics as well. But um, maybe as a point of comparison, what's your take on the whole our FIFA Ultimate Team Packs uh, gambling uh, or not? Um, I actually didn't play Overwatch 1. I only started playing yeah. with Overwatch 2 and there aren't loot boxes as far as I'm aware in Overwatch 2. However, I will say main game has always been League of Legends and um, they implemented a loot box system in League of Legends called Hextech Crafting where you can buy literal loot boxes and then you have to buy keys separately. You can't buy boxes with keys you have to buy them separately it's so weird so you have to spend even more money to be able to open the box after you've bought it um and then you can open them and they'll have like skins and league of legends have a few skins in their game which are worth like hundreds of pounds as well so it's like oh you have a chance to bag this rare skin but i think the thing is is that like there is some form of value to these cosmetics if you assign them value in league of legends but there's not actual monetary value because you can't like sell them so yeah. it's i feel like it feels a bit different but the main point of comparison i want to um i want to talk about is csgo i feel like that was the original like right. loot box gambling system you could literally spend money to buy loot boxes and then you'd get skins in them and then you could straight away stick that skin for sale on steam for people to mm, buy and yeah. then you get the money back and everyone was able to do that like 
I I think the game was rated 18 to be fair, but there's you know there's it's so easy to get around Steam's systems. You just enter a date of birth, you just enter whatever, and then that's it. You're you're in the clear. You can then put money into it, and it's very evidently gambling. Like the definition of gambling, I've pulled up actually, is taking risky action in the hope of a desired result. So. Yeah. Mm that that is gambling and i feel like it was so strange that it was just so normal for kids like young kids um to spend money on loot boxes in different games and then like you know all these streamers used to be like oh i'm gonna you even saw it in that clip nathan oh, i'm gonna hold the mouse upside down to see if it helps i'm gonna like press the mouse with my toe i'm gonna i'm gonna get my <laughs> girlfriend to come into the stream to press the mouse you know they used to do all sorts of weird things right to like make the stream yeah. more entertaining and essentially it was them gambling and trying to make it more appealing and more fun for kids to watch them gamble and then obviously those kids will see their streamer their favorite streamer bag like a hundred pound skin and they're like yeah i want to go and do that and they were able to there was no barrier stopping them yeah it's pretty crazy like i can't imagine growing up um and you know having to keep up with my friends on the playground uh in terms of you know oh you got this cool uh skin or you got this uh footballer oh then i'm gonna run home and do that as well like the worst case of that for me was uh Yu-Gi-Oh cards but at least then you know it's a physical product uh you've got um and then we won't go into the, the entire beyblade saga i got swept into but um resident mirror gaming news goblin scott mccray once again is joining us in the youtube chat saying that uh fifa should pull an nba jam and put he says stupid teams in fifa um i mean i don't know what he means by well i do he says obama and the beastie boys i'd love to see that we oh, i think we talked last week lewis about when marvel had a collaboration with fifa so they have been known yeah. to, to dabble with some crossovers there and maybe i shouldn't say this but you know if, if they were to dabble with that sort of thing that would at least be somewhat more appealing to me rather than players who are already in the game and stuff but I don't know that the, the loot box scandal doesn't seem to be going away for FIFA, which is why it makes it even more interesting that when FIFA 23 transitions to EA Sports FC uh, to see like how they handle it. So in terms of that transition, Lewis, do you think that EA are going to change anything with how the loot box, the, the foot system uh, is handled before then? Personally, I don't think so. I mean, over the last few years, we've seen like FIFA points and pack value, I mean, as in how much you need to spend, increase drastically. I remember FIFA 12, uh, when I think, or maybe FIFA 13, when points started being a thing, uh, it wasn't much options available. There weren't many options available for how much you could spend. But nowadays, you know, there's packs which are worth £30 for one pack. Um, you know, there's there's dozens of different types of packs out there that can cost up to 500,000 coins in in-game value. Um, and it's so easy to spend money in the game now. Uh, and that's why EA makes such a big profit on FIFA every single year. So EA Sports, I see, I couldn't see them changing the way people can spend points because it's such a huge income for them. But um, yeah, I think with this whole debate of our loot boxes and video games classed as gambling or a form of gambling, uh, FIFA is always a leading case. There are so many UK, uh, European countries now trying to, you know, lockdown on that in the like you mentioned earlier the netherlands uh well, first of all belgium since 2018 loot boxes and video games have been banned uh in fifa as well uh in the netherlands i think it was 2020 uh a court in netherlands ruled it as a classic gambling and then said to ea uh every single week i think it was i got it here every single uh week that ea didn't remove fifa packs from the game they were issued a 500 000 euro fine 
which was maximum got to 10 million but that was recently overturned and the fine was take uh was fine was cancelled uh in 2022 um so you're seeing how a lot of countries are trying to you know bolt down on fifa points it's it's how it relates to gambling but i can't see a CEA backing down in case, until something really big happens against them. And I think this case in Austria, you know, the fact that, you know, it's not EA, it's PlayStation and Sony have had to, you know, issue a refund or a payment to players who have sued them over the point that it's gambling. That's a really big step in, in the direction of getting it, of stopping it. Yeah. I mean, that's a point in itself, isn't it? That PlayStation is the one being sued here um, when it should probably be. EA, I don't know what the legal semantics regarding yeah, are. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. interesting actually. Yeah, I think in in the original report, um, yeah, they claim that it was Sony who they who they sued in the end and PlayStation. But it's because they purchased the points to buy the pack to the PlayStation Store, yeah, hence why they're suing Sony. But it's interesting to see why they didn't go down the route of EA as it's their game. Um, but we know a little details on that so far. But now I think in Austria. Um, now fifa points packs are still in the game but it now has to be classified as gambling game that requires a license interesting interesting yeah we've got nathan uh chiming in on the youtube chat again saying that recently a u.s federal court judge dismissed a related case noting that the lack of any real world transferable value to items takes them outside of the gambling laws so we're kind of playing semantics here it's like a bit of a loophole that ea continue to to ride the coattails on um and and i will say my heart goes out to another another person in the chat we've got sky rifter chiming in uh cool name by the way i wish my mum christened me with that name sky rifter uh says me at 13 getting paid getting an 80 dollars skin out of a box and getting scammed um well I'm sorry to hear that you know it happens to the best of us but as you can see that people um they're you're either really it seems to be with this whole loot box situation you're either really ecstatic about what you get or you're really disappointed it's like you know a contrast of two extremes isn't it and there is no comfortable middle ground and i think maybe that's why there's there's all this accent always being uh, leveled against ea um gg chiming in again she says this is a problem with old people that don't understand video games and their popularity. Like Jasmine said, there's whole marketplaces for this stuff. And even without that, it has value. So again, mm -hmm. it's it's a hot topic for debate. I mean, we're just three people, two of which don't even play FIFA, but we've all brushed up against the <laughs> Loopback uh, conundrum at some point. And as you can see, everyone has an opinion. But this is the thing. Um, so with stuff like CSGO, CSGO, if this is the definition that EA want to sort of like push, is that, oh yeah, there's if there's no monetary value to the, the items that you're bagging, then it doesn't count as gambling, if that's what they're claiming. Um, so it, does that then confirm that, okay, when you're playing games like CSGO and you're actually bagging these items that you can then stick on a marketplace, that it does definitely count as gambling? But also in terms of like, can you like swap players around between each other the same way you can with like trading cards or something in FIFA? Is that a thing? I know just the person to ask. He's on the yeah, line. There used to be a there used to be a <laughs> mode in FIFA uh, a few few years ago now, uh, where in the FIFA transfer market you could do trade offers. So uh, rather than purchasing a player for coins, you could offer players in a trade offer for that player. Um, but that was then shut down quite quickly by EA because a lot of people were using it to sell coins. So mm, people would, mm -hmm. you know, send players of massive value in return for a player worth way or less. Uh, and in a way to stop coin selling in third party sites, um, 
they they got rid of that quite quickly and it's something that a lot of people do want to bring back and if they can find a way to do it without you know but that then furthers the point of it being gambling because then they can use the marketplace to to it gives some type of like monetary value to these players that you're packing so that yeah then furthers the point so they are trying to implement systems or they have done in the past to give these players monetary value but now they're claiming oh they don't have monetary value i don't know yeah because i think it was um in fifa 21 there was this whole massive investigation in case where um people were managing i think they were at ea reportedly uh were trying to sell uh loaded up accounts for thousands of pounds um to people so it was using the in-game players if they had an account full of these really good players or to load up a player into someone's account they were uh pretty much on the black market offering money to then or accepting money to then put these players into these accounts so um there has been in the past a bit of controversy around that um so yeah i think it's something that needs to be to be sorted out uh, and it, it, I can't stress enough how easy it is to spend money on that game because, you know, <laughs> when I was when I was younger, I used to ask my parents like for Christmas, can I have some FIFA points? And you know, they get like a fifty pound, which is a lot of money, fifty pounds worth of FIFA points. If there was a promo pack out, you could spend all that fifty pounds in opening two or three packs, um, and then it's gone in like a minute. What? And then if you get That's nothing, insane. you're thinking, yeah, it's because so. That feels get... worse than putting it on a slot machine. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like you can <laughs> Your spend odds are eighty pounds. Yeah, you can spend eighty, pretty much eighty pounds in one purchase of FIFA points. And if there's a promo pack out, like recently there was one which was worth three thousand points for one pack, which is the equivalent of just under thirty pounds for one pack. You could open, you know, hundreds oh, of pounds worth of packs in say two, three minutes, get no one, and then you've lost all this money. You've got nothing in return. And then people will start chasing their losses like they're doing gambling. So it, mm-hmm. it is a form of gambling. Mm-hmm. 100% it is. I think everyone on this podcast has agreed that it is a form of gambling. Whichever way EA wants to, to sway it. Um, it just made me think of that. The way you put it then made me th- uh, think about that Ian Beale meme where he's like, I've got nothing left. But, um, <laughs> uh, Gigi asks a good question in the chat, as she's wont to do uh, quite often, actually. She says, how much has Lewis spent on uh, FIFA points with the googly eye emoji you may not want to disclose you know that information no when i was when i was younger it used to be obviously a lot more because i play with a lot of people who would put money in the game and you wanted to have the best team possible when you played against them um but as i've got older i've realized that the chances of actually getting something worth value or money back in in game in these packs is so low it's not worth it at all so uh i'm more of someone who doesn't put money into the game at all anymore i'll, I'll try and grind my way to getting good players and, you know road to glory uh road to glory the game but it's rare i'll put money on anymore because it's just it's not worth it in what you get back yeah well i'll just end the conversation by saying that i'm pleased to work with uh two two fifa experts have got short that got heads on their shoulders lewis and nathan that they'd rather you know find alternate ways to open fifa packs uh for the good of for the good of uh journalism rather than pouring <laughs> money into ea's pockets um i'll end this fifa chat as i do every fifa chat by saying ea if you want me to play fifa again alex hunter what's he been up to bring back the journey let's go leave this fifa point business behind and bring back alex hunter um but continuing with the fifa train we do actually have one more 
positive, slightly more positive story, question mark, to talk about? Um, I think it's a positive story. So this week, EA Sports announced a new partnership with National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL, and the National Women's Soccer League Players Association. From March 15th, all 12 NWSL teams will be present within kickoff modes, and that includes Classic, House Rules, and Volta, making it the first time that NWSL teams are in a video game ever. Four NWSL stadiums will also be added into the game, along with authentic kits, starheads, trophies, and new celebrations. And then, and then, if that wasn't enough, on the same day, EA are adding the Women's Champions League into FIFA 23, available to play in kickoff and tournament mode. So obviously today is International Women's Day. There's an argument to say that EA has timed this announcement uh, pretty well with that. And we can already tell Jasmine's got some thoughts, some heavy breathing, some eye roll action. Um, Nathan Bliss in the chat is asking women's football career mode when I think that's what a lot of people want to know um, but Jasmine you've obviously got thoughts on this uh, what do you think about women's league coming to FIFA 23 um, I think one thing about stuff like this is that it happens so frequently not because they think it's the right thing to do but because it's great for PR yeah. And that's what really annoys me about, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think EA, they probably do know it's the right thing to do, but that's still not why they've done it. They've done it for PR purposes, you know, because they know that if they do it, it makes them look good. And it does seem strange that it's so coincidentally timed with International Women's Day. And I know Lewis did say that there are other reasons for it to have been announced and everything when it does when it has been but i still just feel like i don't know i still have these underlying opinions where i'm kind of like no i don't know i just i just feel like they always do stuff like this for pr purposes not just ea but gaming companies in general they do like skin releases or whatever else to to coincide with international women's day but what does it all come down to making money you know they're not releasing a skin for all the women players to have for free people have to pay for it you know so that's just my take on international women's day as a pr stunt in general not really related to fifa sorry to go off topic but yeah i don't know i i think that it is a big coincidence that is at the same time right yeah i'm not going to disagree with you there because truly if ea cared about this i i think lewis will agree with me in saying that this should be there from day one there should be parity uh across the women's teams and the men's teams um, for stuff like this and um, it, it's not a coincidence that it's happened around International Women's Day but I will be interested not to keep on going about e going on about EA Sports FC but if there is you know this this want to represent women uh, in football this way as there quite rightly should be um, put them in day one on EA Sports FC alongside the men's teams I think that's the way you prove once and for all how serious and I'm talking to EA here as if I know them um, <laughs> EA put them in day one but Lewis, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Are you excited to dive back into FIFA 23 and, and play uh, in the women's teams? Yeah, again, I think it's it's great that there's more women's teams added into the game. But you can see how how much the game's grown over the past few years. You know, this year, the addition of the French League, Women's League and the uh, WSL, the English Women's League as well. Uh, they were both added into the game from the go. Uh, before that, all okay. we've had is international teams that were rarely updated, and it did look bad on the A's part that, you know, the women's game was growing so much, yet they were making no effort to add it into the game. So it's really good to see that they've added in the uh, NWSL now uh, because, you know, football in America 
uh, women's football in particular is huge. You know, they got some of the world's best players uh, playing in the States. Uh, in addition to the Champions League as well, and they added four new teams. I think it's Wolfsburg, uh, Frankfurt, Real Madrid, uh, and Juventus are all coming into the game on March 15th as well. Uh, I understand what you mean about, you know, with Women's International Day today. Uh, didn't think it's a PR thing, but uh, I think it is because the, the Women's League in America restarts March 25th, I want to say, or 26th. Uh, so I think the timing might just be a bit coincidental. Uh, but like you mentioned, the Esports FC, I, I can see them adding a lot more into the game. You know, you saw in the trailer when EA released the FIFA 23 trailer this year, uh, there was a lot of inclusion in the women's team. Uh, but it's the fact they're also adding stuff like women's authentic kits, stadiums, uh, you know, and I'm hoping that next year, and I think it's it should be guaranteed in my opinion, that it should definitely be in the game, uh, a women's career mode, because right now it can get a bit boring at the fact that it's only in you know kickoff modes or online friendlies or tournament modes it's mainly single player or you know just against other people playing with women's teams so the addition of a women's career mode would be really welcome i think uh yeah definitely so we've got a bit of a, a debate happening in the youtube chat at the moment gg's posited uh posited a really good question uh i'm gonna aim this one at you lewis no pressure but um she says how receptive is the fifa community to the women's mode which you know I think we've all got a general idea about how a certain kind of crowd can be when things like this get announced. So I was just wondering, in the wake of this announcement, Lewis, has there, has there been much feedback uh, from the community? I think a lot of what I've seen is people think, you know, there's a lot of leagues that still aren't in FIFA as a whole. So uh, one that stands out to me that I always see in comments when new things run into the game is that the Greek League's not uh, included in the game currently. Uh, there's a lot of nations as well that you can't play within the game in kickoff modes and stuff. So some people are a bit, you know, I think that's a personal preference. If it's your, if you're from Greece and the Greek League's not in the game, you're going to be annoyed. Um, but when FIFA 23 first came out and they announced, you know, WSL, the English League, was included, that got a really good reception because uh, it's one of the biggest leagues in the world for women's football. And obviously, with English Premier League being one of the biggest worlds as well for the men's team, it's really good to see the women's team get that as well. So uh, it's been a mixed reception, I'd say. You get some people who are still like, oh, you know, it's a men's game. It should be men's only. But they got that backwards mindset. But you can't deny that the women's game is growing very fast when was um, the last time the it? the english men's team won the european championship lewis exactly there exactly. we go <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah i mean having worked in women's football in the past you know it's see i've seen it grow just in the short time i was in the game so uh and you see you know, they sell out the men's stadiums of these nowadays as well uh some teams like arsenal and chelsea uh like you said the england's women's team the lionesses did so well the euros so uh, it's such a growing game that it's obviously going to be included in the world's biggest football game as well. Yeah, for sure. So um, we, I will say that Jasmine, I think me and Lewis are in agreement that there might be something sus in terms of the timing. Maybe not, but either way, you know, more representation for women's football can only ever be a good thing. And I'm, I'm excited to see that carry, carry on into when FIFA relaunches as EA Sports FC later on this year. But now, um, a, a pretty big news. There might be a somewhat big event happening this, this week in the world of live service games. A little indie title called Fortnite. Um, you, you may have heard of it. Um, it's gearing up for what we assume to be Chapter 4 Season 2. And there are lots of leaks happening uh, around at the moment, indicating that the season's coming. There are giant red rifts in the sky. Um, so who else better to pepper with questions about what to expect, potentially, from the upcoming season than resident Fortnite expert Jasmine Manan. 
So Jasmine, you're a regular Fortnite player. You enjoy the game. And I'm just kind of wondering, what do you make of all these leaks that we've seen so far? So far, we're seeing battle pass information, skins. And obviously, as I just mentioned, there's a big red rift in the sky indicating that something big uh, can come through. But yeah, what are your thoughts on everything happening uh, with Fortnite currently? Um, well, so far, obviously, everything I do want to preface by saying this is all leaked information. We still haven't got any official confirmation. And even yep. though the leaked information, which has come from Twitter users, HypeX and Sheena VR, is most of the stuff has been stuff that's been found in the game's code. It does then um, sort of give you high hopes. But we have seen stuff come into the game's code before and then not actually make it to the live game. So this could all be wrong. Please take with a pinch of salt. However, we have seen um, that the new season name, logo, all of that stuff has been found to be called Mega. And then they have a mm. new place of interest called Mega City. And this is all like a kind of cyberpunk-esque vibe, um, which in my opinion, I feel like is starting to sort of become a little bit overdone off of the back of the success of Cyberpunk and loads of other games historically that have had a similar sort of like Neo Tokyo aesthetic. I feel like Fortnite is now kind of like jumping onto the bandwagon too. I think we have an image of what that is supposedly going to look like. So that's like the Fortnite map with all of the different cities and buildings in it. If producer Will can get that on or not, I'm not sure. But um, I just feel like, yeah, here we go. Um, I feel like this, you can tell what they're trying to go for. And Cyberpunk 2078 confirmed, isn't it? Look at yeah, that. there you go. What do you guys think about this? Do you feel like this aesthetic is getting a bit too overdone or do you guys like it? I think we'll go over to Aaron first. Yeah, um, I know what you're saying about this whole like Neo. I made a joke just then about the cyberpunk theme and stuff. It's really it's really hot right now. But then I think it always has been as well, because obviously you've got stuff like Akira uh, that have always been popular. The Matrix and stuff. So that cyberpunk sort of neon laden aesthetic has always proven popular. And correct me if I'm wrong. I am shocked to find out that Fortnite hasn't dabbled in this realm uh, up until now, Jasmine. Um, I'm sure I've seen some like some crazy looking skins in the past. But is this the first time that uh, the Fortnite guys have done uh, something strictly uh, neon in terms of the map. Uh, no, they have done it before. I think it was chapter one, season nine, if I remember correctly. There have been so uh. many seasons that if that's wrong, please forgive me. <laughs> but they did do something similar um, in terms of like aesthetics. But I feel like they didn't lean into it as much as they're leaning into it now. So there has been a leak of the level 100 um skin which is a mm. lady standing in front of a very nice futuristic background with fans and you can see that it does really lean into it including the skins this time whereas before it was just the map yeah so this is, this is very ghost that, in the show so, i was gonna say it gives you like blade runner vibes <laughs> oh 100 i see that yeah as well. yeah definitely yeah. i i like i like the aesthetic it's given off so far though like the futuristic one i think you know it's mentioned before that it might seem a bit overdone but mm -hmm. i think you know if, it, if it's if it works why would you change it like it, it, mm, it great. that's true yeah i just feel like so many games are leaning into it now like even stray i felt like leaned into yeah. that as well right and that was something where they could have done anything and they leaned and it this is the thing, it was successful, so you can't fault them. Stray was a really good game, really popular. 
from the resident so, cat person on the podcast yeah uh, that's not surprising to hear <laughs> <laughs> stray was a good game newsflash but um i don't know i just feel like eventually you're gonna get bored of it you know well, then, sooner or later why don't we talk about um i think we've buried a little bit of the lead here in terms of the new Fortnite stuff because <laughs> even though we've got news goblin scott um positing characters he'd like to see come through the rift i think peter's griffin is a, a character that may or may have linked in some files but he also puts lewis's dad for Fortnite, and i'd love to see that get mr barton in there um i'd play him as the mr barton skin um, is this but a no, reference Jan- i'm not getting <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm a re- <laughs> a re- I don't know. It's just something Scott playing and I, you know, just some random dude. How about the average Joe in there? But no, um, Gigi's already hinted at what I was going to say. Jasmine, one of your favorite anime franchises ever is potentially rumored to be joining uh, the Fortnite yes, lineup it soon. Is. Tell us more one about that. One thing I'm quite disappointed about. Right. So oh. the big news, <laughs> Attack on Titan is coming to Fortnite, right? The big news. But for yeah. some reason, it's not. it doesn't seem to be the main focus of the season. This is why I wanted to preface by saying this, this is the theme that they're going with. But this has nothing to do with Attack on Titan, this theme. Not at all, right? What, the whole Attack on Titan? cityscape? No, yeah, not, not at all. Yeah. Attack on Titan is set, if we're talking sort of like our timeline era, it's set hundreds of years before our current modern society is. So to have this futuristic sort of setting and then link that with an anime which is set hundreds of years ago doesn't really make sense so as a big attack on titan fan and i think attack on titan is one of the best shows of all time not just subjectively but objectively as it's got the most episodes in the top 10 on im imdb i'm, I'm right? biting my tongue a lot here everybody just know that attack on titan she's, is a very very good show. backup got- i have yeah, i brought my here. facts she brought it's her receipts the, it's got the most <laughs> episodes on in the top 10 of imdb than any other show it is a really really good show and it's really popular not just for anime fans but a lot of people who aren't into anime use it as their sort of first show to get into it as well i feel like that's headline worthy i feel like that's sort of level 100 battle pass worthy and i'm really disappointed that that's not what they're going for so so rather because obviously we just saw we just had a look at the the lady skin uh sort of woman with the fans uh that is yeah. allegedly the tier 100 skin yeah um and I, I don't know if you managed to catch it uh jasmine but the the tier one skin also looks pretty cool it's like this flaming skull dude with a long black coat and i'm all about that but um yeah it is kind of strange that um you know attack on titan you've got this massive ip that jasmine yeah rightly or wrongly says is is a big deal to so many people and that it's still not the main focus but what i was going to say is that you know anime you know neon neo tokyo as this new segment Mm -hmm. of the maps allegedly called it's kind of like an anime japanese theme because there's also leaked rumors that we could see um i believe it's Leon Kennedy and Clara Redfield enter the game as well. So is it a case mm-hmm. that Epic are kind of like spreading the concept too thin almost rather than... I think so. Yeah. I definitely think so. Because I think the thing is, with like previous collaborations that they've done, it's been like the main focus of that season. Whereas now it feels like... So this season alone, we've got an Attack on Titan collaboration, which is sort of more on the side of confirmed than just rumours. But then we've also got a rumoured Family Guy collaboration, as Scott will always keep drumming in our ears. <laughs> I want to see Peter Griffin in the game. Apparently so does everyone else, because they might be bringing him in this season. We might be seeing Resident Evil 4. We might be seeing... Star um, Wars, was it? Star Wars as well. Again, and I feel like those are all massive franchises, right? But they're just sort of sprinkling them in. Even with Attack on Titan... People are so excited about it, but 
essentially all they're bringing in is like one skin of the main character, Aaron Yeager, and an emote of him saluting as he does in the show. So <laughs> I feel like they're not, if they're getting sort of the, the opportunity to do these massive collaborations, I don't know why they're not taking them a bit more like, I feel like saying that they're not taking it seriously is a bit of a big statement to say, so I'm not going to say that, but I feel like no. they could do more with what they have. I see what you're getting at. It's like you want you want them to treat each individual franchise with the respect that they sort of like deserve. And by diluting yeah. them with these other very disparate, you know, sort of IPs, mm-hmm. it doesn't come across as sincere. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to say that with regards to Jasmine's perspective on Attack on Titan, we've got returning YouTube commenter Adam L in the chat saying that Jasmine is risking her credibility with claims like that. And I'm just saying Ooh. Adam might be onto something. Great check imdb pull up have the you, receipts check have you, imdb have you heard of a show called doctor who or the office us i'm oh, just saying get out get out <laughs> i do love the office us though i will say the office us is good but where's the michael scott Fortnite skin listen yeah. here right That'll be good. That, might, that it... might get me into the game yeah, there we go. <laughs> Lewis is sold. i'm doing epic job is it him. is it in the top 10 of imdb though imdb it's not the it's not of everything yeah oh yeah now now you're saying that but if the office episodes were up there then it'd be the most credible source wouldn't it yeah right yeah yeah but i think that um just anime coming into Fortnite in general has been like really big right they've brought in like dragon ball and all sorts of other collaborations which have done really well and i'm assuming made them a lot of money so i don't get why they wouldn't go harder with attack on titan given that the finale of attack on titan the final season has just started airing last weekend it's massive again, all over social media. People are talking about it again because they take year-long breaks between each season. So now that it's back, it feels like the perfect time for them to put that collab in the game. But they're not doing it with enough oomph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. But look, there's a giant red rift in the sky. And what else can come out of it if not a titan? Yeah, that is you know what they I'm do saying? in the game, to be fair. I mean, not in the game, in the show. There's big, massive explosions that are sort of red, yellowy, and then titans appear. There so... So that might leading, be the case. But... Is this all leading to a sort of like live event where like everyone's going to have to team up to potentially take down a Titan? Like, do you see that happening? I don't see that happening. No, I don't. I feel like they haven't they haven't geared the season towards Attack on Titan enough for it to be like the main focus of the start of it. I feel like they're going to lean way more into this like mega city Neo Tokyo vibe and sort of play into that more. And I feel like. Maybe they've got Attack on Titan in there to sort of match this Japanese aesthetic, as you were saying earlier, rather than just focusing wholeheartedly on the anime. But, um, but let's be honest, if you focus... Uh, my, my history with Fortnite and experience with Fortnite is somewhat limited, but is there not a chance that by focusing so exclusively on Attack on Titan, you kind of isolate you know, the millions of other players that play the game that potentially aren't interested in Attack on Titan and that this is the only way to get that sort of content in there? No, I feel like the thing is with Attack on Titan is that the way that the show is, it's basically a battle royale, the show. And I feel like that's why that if they implemented the show into the game, the same way that it actually is in the show, you know, Titans running around slaying them. Like, I feel like people wouldn't really be fussed whether they actually knew what Attack on Titan was or not, just because it would make such a great concept. I get you. Yeah, and this is the thing. Like, I I've literally like I don't watch My Hero Academia or anything like that, but I'll still go and grab all these new mythic items in Fortnite all the time and use them all the time because they're really good in the game. I don't care whether I've actually watched My Hero Academia or not. 
Yeah. Well, when Michael Scott gets added as a Fortnite skin, me and Lewis will be there. Definitely. You heard it here first. Oh, and um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it seems that Attack on Titan might be enough to get Sadie uh, back on the Fortnite bandwagon because she she's in our YouTube comments now. She says, I wouldn't mind upping my Fortnite game as I haven't played for a while. But if there's a, a giant uh, Titan, yeah, there it is right there. If there's a giant Titan, that might just be too much to resist. Um, so obviously we've had these leaks potentially Star Wars, because obviously the Mandalorian season three has just started, which makes me think we've already had Mando in the game before. This could potentially be someone like Bo-Katan, um, which is like another Mandalorian character. Uh, she'd be quite cool to see. But in addition to all these leaks, skins, new methods of traversal, because apparently there are these tubes that you players will apparently be able to like ride on while they use their weapons as well. I'm not sure if you saw that, Jasmine. Promise you That's been in up. the game. That's been in the oh, game for a few seasons now, which is why it's so frustrating that they just, this is what they do all the time. They recolor them and they're like, look, it's this new thing. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's just a different color. It's the same thing. But is, is that been not what there. Fortnite is? It's just the same thing with a different skin season upon season upon season. I'm probably going to get cancelled after saying No, that. that's true. No, that's true. So like just before we move on from the Attack on Titan thing, there's been this rumor that they're bringing the ODM gear into it, but it's just the same as... The Spider-Man gloves that they brought out before, or the, the the grappling hooks that they brought out before, it's just the same thing. It is. So I will let you off with that one. Yeah. Okay. But as well as all these leaks with sorry, with all these like leaks with skins and all these new things, there's also been a leak about first-person mode as well, uh, saying it's coming <laughs> in the next season. Mm -hmm. Like I personally, a few games that I've played that aren't FIFA, I've liked first-person mode. So do you think that's something that will you know bring new players in or players back or more players in general? Uh, well, first I want to ask you is, would it bring you back? I mean, I've never played Fortnite. So would it bring you into time. it? <laughs> Probably not, did you, no. Did you, did you play... <laughs> no, really? Uh, first person with Michael Scott, maybe, but... Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. So many Just conditions. His, his world's best boss mug, like, as his weapon, like, as he's yeah. running around and stuff. That would be and was good. he throwing coffee instead of shooting bullets? Yeah, he's, he's doing, doing parkour, and he's, obviously, yeah. He's doing yeah. parkour and he's declaring bankruptcy to everyone he kills and stuff like that. So that'd be good. But um, I'd be interested because I'll be honest with you, I've still mm -hmm. not dipped back into Fortnite. The last time I played Fortnite was on Switch and you can imagine how that went. That was but, probably um, terrible. <laughs> probably terrible. Uh, I think the last time you were on the show, Jasmine, we were like ragging all over the Nintendo Switch. and the, Yeah, we were. Hardware. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what, what Game Pass is to me is the Nintendo Switch to you, it seems. But, um, <laughs> The, the last time I was even slightly tempted to go back to Fortnite was um, the zero build mode because building it mm -hmm. put me off like so much. Mm -hmm. Like I'd, I've been fortunate to visit a couple of, um, you know, professional Fortnite teams and it's so impressive what they do. But literally some of the maneuvers they're pulling off with their just with their hands, like the way they move the mouse and stuff when they play on PC, they're like building things up into the sky. I'm like, oh, oh this isn't for me. Like, I, I can't do this. And I feel like Epic were very clever in let's just strip everything back. Uh, see if we can get more people in by by mm -hmm. simplifying things, and I think that's the the goal with this alleged first person mode as well, making it an option that might suit other people that potentially aren't being served with, hmm, Warzone maybe. Whoa, okay, okay. I I'm think... firing all the shots this episode. Yeah, that <laughs> that was rude. That was rude. But I think that's I true. About, I didn't say anything about Overwatch too, so your pressures is fine. No, but I think that's true though. That's that's the sad thing about it. The saddest bit about that comment is that it is true. So many yeah. people have had to leave Warzone because of how crap. Not my <laughs> words. I don't play it. How crap it's become. How buggy it is. And I think people are just feeling really disappointed with it. 
So they obviously are now looking for alternative options. And I feel like because Fortnite is so popular, it feels like it's always there and it's free to play. So I feel like it's easy to just tell the squad, you know what, we're done with Warzone. Let's get on Fortnite. It's got first person now. I could see yeah. that being a thing. I personally don't think I yeah. would play first person mode, but I could see it becoming way more sort of like of interest to so many people. So it'd be interesting to see if whether or not um, the first person mode would be added like almost as a separate playlist or if, you know, before loading into a game, players are given the option to either play first person or third person or if they can mm. just change on the fly. Like zero, bit, zero build mode obviously had to be its own thing, but I think Epic might want to experiment with that potentially. I feel like they would have it as a separate mode, like how they did with zero build, because... Yeah, so Sorry, Otherwise, I'm just focusing on your complain. cat at the moment. Yeah, Jasmine. doing a big yeah. stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but um, continue, sorry. Um, I feel like they have to have it as a separate thing because the thing is with Fortnite is that the player base love complaining in Fortnite. Yeah. People are always complaining. That's why they had to put zero build mode in. People are like, oh my God, the building is too much, which I think it was. I play zero build mode only right now. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if they had it in the same sort of like lobby that some people were first person and some people were third person, people would complain too much that it was unfair, that people were like cheating and, you know, whatever. So I feel like they'd have to do it separately, right? Yeah, I think that's the most um, uh, likely outcome is that you get first mm -hmm. person mode separately. But um, God, playing Fortnite in first person whilst trying to take down a Titan... Like this is these are all things that could potentially happen within the next couple of days. Um, so, uh, Jasmine, I don't know if you've got any more thoughts on any of the other Fortnite leagues, but I think we've we've gone over the topic pretty well. Sadie makes a good point in YouTube. I have purposely avoided Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch. And speaking from experience, Sadie, I would say that's probably the best decision you ever made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, guys, that's Fortnite Chapter 4 Season 2. It's expected to arrive later on this week when Season 1 comes to an end. Geralt was the secret skin for that season. We've got Aaron Yeager potentially being the secret skin for this season. But is it Attack on Titan enough? Jasmine's not convinced. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfectly placed no. I was I was in my full flow then, and then Jasmine had to get Sorry. that little jab in. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, let's... Uh, Okay, well, let, we've got Adam Mel. I, I want to bring his comment because Sea of Thieves is a game I do play, actually. And Adam's got a comment. He says, Sea of Thieves had to get rid of the mixed servers for PC and Xbox players since Xbox players complained all the time about the mouse and keyboard advantage. That killed the game. I don't know if it would necessarily... Has that killed the Sea of Thieves game? Not I think it I, at has. Least, at least not on Xbox. I know Sea of Thieves isn't really competitive, though. So hmm, Maybe that's what it is because... Um... I had a lot of people that I knew that I didn't really play it much. I tried it one time and it wasn't really my type of game. But I'm a PC gamer and most of my friends are PC gamers too. And they sort of all stopped playing it. So maybe it has died out on PC but not really on Xbox. Maybe that's yeah. that's where the divide is. Yeah, you never really hear about Sea of Thieves like, oh, it's hit this milestone, it's done massive numbers and mm -hmm. stuff. But I know they're about to celebrate their fifth anniversary and um, rare do an excellent job updating that game and keeping the uh now that they've added enemies that aren't just skeletons you know mm -hmm. you know tiny victories here um yeah <laughs> but speaking about skeletons and everything apocalyptic <laughs> that was so a smoother segue <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> that so was a, 
<laughs> Thanks, Jasmine. I could have gotten away with that too, then, if not for your laugh. Um, it's time to talk about HBO's The Last of Us. We've all seen it in some form or another, but there's another person who's also seen it and has some spicy takes on all things Last of Us, and it is none other than producer Will. Producer Will, who we got the face reveal for last week, he's making his grand return to the show uh, this week. How are you doing, Will? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, enjoyed the show so far? It's been great. I've learned all sorts. Yeah. There we go. Okay, I'll, I'll slip <laughs> you that £20 later. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> uh, cool. So yeah, The Last of Us, episode eight. Um, this is an episode heavily based in the winter section of the game. Uh, we get to meet David. We get to see Troy Baker, who's obviously the original voice actor for The Last of Us, uh, playing a character called James. Um, I'm just going to dive straight, straight in with Will, uh, get his fresh thoughts. What did you think of episode eight? Wait, can we preface? Sorry, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I think we need to preface with a spoiler alert oh, for yeah, anyone yeah, who hasn't true. watched. Anyone who hasn't watched episode eight, we're going to be going into it quite in depth. So please be aware. It's going to be spoiled if you carry on watching. And yeah. back over to Will. Thanks for saving the skin. That is a very, point, <laughs> a very good point to make. Uh, yeah, I mean, thoroughly entertained, uh, as I am pretty much every week. Uh, it definitely took a sudden jump. I felt like every episode was sort of somewhere between a 12A and a, a 15, and this was just, it was like an 18 out of nowhere. It was so violent. Um, <laughs> and I know there's, there's been violence in the show, but this was pretty extreme. But no, I was thoroughly entertained. I know we're building from source material. I feel like you have to preface that all the time because people are yeah. very much like, it's from the game. But I like the fact that it's not just, you know, a religious commune. It's it's a religious commune with this, uh, you know, narcissistic leader who has this sort of violent streak and these other issues. And they're also cannibals, but only some of them know. Like, there's so many, there's so much going on that it's, uh, yeah, super entertaining. I do feel a little bit like, I mean, I'd heard some commentary around it and listened to a podcast and people were saying that, you know, the antagonist in this episode was one of the main antagonists from the game. And I was sort of like, oh, this is and that's just ended now you know that's just one episode for this one antagonist and i know it's an hour of television but i don't know just i don't know if it it doesn't feel rushed in terms of pacing but it it does feel like it this could be more seasons i definitely never feel like i'm i, I just feel like i want more all the time you know is, is i guess what i'm getting at yeah you greedy, greedy person, Will. You want more all the time. HBO and Naughty Dog, have they've made two games and now you're getting nine high-quality episodes and it's still not enough. But um, in a strange way, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, Lewis, um, I can't remember if you've played the game or not, actually. Uh, remind us. And no. um, So you've never played the game. What were your thoughts on episode eight, which I didn't mention is called When We Are In Need? So yeah, what are your thoughts? I think... The series just gets better and better each episode. The performances get better and better each episode. I think Bella Ramsey was, again, fantastic. Everyone, mm -hmm. Lots of shouts for Emmy nominations. Give her an Emmy. Because, uh, yeah, like I said, she just gets better every episode. And I think the people who doubted her playing Ellie are now, you know, eating their own words because she's been phenomenal. Uh, but, yeah, I think, personally, this is one of my favorite episodes so far, I'd say, because it's been not slow, but... Lots of backstories, you know, building up, um, quite calm at times, I'd say, as well. And people have been calling for more action. Uh, and that was always going to happen. And then obviously, like like Will said, it felt like an 18 because it, it all came at once and it was 
full on. So I think that was great. And I th- you, you, it's, it's going to be even more action in the last episode, the next one, sorry. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. But yeah, yeah I think uh, there was all little moments in this which I picked up on now. Because obviously I haven't played the game, so I can't no- notice Easter eggs. But like there was all little moments in it which I started picking up on. I'm really paying attention to details now. Like uh, It was like in an early episode, Joel mentioned to, to Ellie, like it's not the... The infected it's the people you got to look out for and i think this is a prime example of that to- yeah absolutely like you know i think you bring up a good point actually in that a lot of viewers are, are complaining that there isn't enough like zombie action and stuff but i think it was or was it episode six or episode seven will would probably know um well i guess we're on episode eight now so it might have even been episode five where at the end you just get the massive bloater all the clickers pouring out from under the mm-hmm. pavement like yeah that was the big zombie set piece guys like mm-hmm. i doubt you'll get anything of that scale again um because there's only one way that that scenario can go um you know joel and ellie survive by the skin of their teeth probably everyone else around them dies so that's not as interesting as this human versus human conflict mm-hmm. which i think so far this episode has done the best job at um jasmine i know you mentioned that before we went live um you you didn't really i don't think you've played the game and you didn't know that there was some cannibalism stuff involved in the last of us so what did you think of the latest episode i think um you kind of because i'm a very big fan of the walking dead i was waiting for it to happen i was kind of like okay cannibalism has to come eventually because there's only like so many ways to survive especially when it's like 20 years on from when the infection first occurred there has to be a community surviving through cannibalism somewhere and I was kind of just waiting for when it was going to happen, but I didn't realize that they were going to sort of do it the way that they did. I didn't think it was going to be a whole community of people that didn't even know that they were eating people. Yeah, I was like literally taken back by that because I don't know, maybe I was overthinking a bit, but I was kind of like, oh my God, if that was me, I would literally, like, I wouldn't know what to do with myself after finding that out that I'd been eating people. (laughs) But I feel like that's probably what everyone would think, right? Like I'm not special for thinking that, but it's kind of like... I don't know, I just didn't expect him to do it like that because my main point of comparison is, as Adam L says, Terminus in The Walking Dead where they all know that they're eating people and they're all going out and hunting people and they take pride in the fact that they're eating people and it's like it's much more gory because it's like you literally see them cut someone's leg off and then put it on a fire and start eating it, Ooh. which is like a bit much. Mm. But, you know, they know and it makes them seem more like you can hate them more. You can see them as bad people because they know they're eating people. So therefore, now they are bad people. Whereas this one, there was a bit more like the whole community wasn't full of bad people. They just had a bad yeah. leader. So it made you feel so much more sympathetic for them, even though they're cannibals. I think yeah. David played a great villain. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. the fact like, you know, I think anything like cult or cannibalism, like it's always quite unsettling to me. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I think, you know, even little things again, like when they're all around the dinner table, everyone doesn't know it's human and they're all devouring their meal. And he's obviously got the biggest plate of food and he's, he's enjoying it. He's taking his time. Uh, you know, it's like it is it's it's unsettling, but it just plays into how how bad of a guy he really is. And mm-hmm. it makes. Yeah, like I said, it makes it really unsettling and edge of your seat and unsettling. But like you don't want to take your eyes off it. You want to keep watching because it's mm-hmm. good. Like. Yeah, I mean, I could make the obvious joke and say that they did a good job fleshing out David's backstory here compared to the game. Um, But I won't do that Um, because I will say I really enjoyed this episode uh, for the most part. But 
I my my the one big issue I had with it, if anything, the performances were great. Lewis is absolutely spot on. Bella Ramsey continues to kill it. I think Pedro Pascal has proved by now he can do no wrong. Whether or not you're covering his face up or not, whether or not he's got a little green dude or or a little girl next to him, he's always going to kill it. Um, <laughs> but um, my my main issue with this episode is that it wasn't additive uh, in comparison to the game. It, it was like more so of a strict translation, which is the exact same problem I had with the Left Behind episode last week. But having said that, if you're a newcomer to this story and you haven't experienced it before, I feel like it did a great job of proving and showing to you that darker side of humanity. David in the game is a lot more sniveling and a bit more of a a weasel, I will say. So they clearly went a different route with the guy who did a pretty good job playing David here. And Lewis, you're right, I, I hadn't picked up on that, that he's got obviously the biggest portion of food that he saved for himself, um, which is disturbing the more the more I think about it, more disturbing than yeah. FIFA 3 being rated E for everyone. Um, <laughs> but um, I was talking to a friend earlier and he'd seemed to think, that the twist of them being cannibals uh, wasn't well telegraphed enough because you're only meant to realize when I guess um, Ellie realizes when she's in that prison and she kind of looks at the dismembered ear uh, in the ground and then she kind of like gives David that look. But, um, and then my, my response to him is that, well, if you go back and rewatch the episode again, knowing that they're cannibals now, specifically in that dinner scene, and obviously James and David, they're the only ones that really know what's going on. They're exchanging looks with each other. And that kind of ha- that, that sort of thing carries more weight to it, which mm-hmm. I think uh, adds, adds to the to, to the rewatchability, if I can get my words out. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's the first time they've done that in the show so far. Like had a twist where it changes how you'd watch it in earlier part of the episode. I think that was pretty cool. Does does it always need to be additive? Like complete? Like does it does it need to be every episode? Because like, you've already said like they've fleshed out David's story a little bit more. They've changed the type of character he was a little bit, and then obviously it being in a different medium is going to bring in a different audience. And obviously they're going to handle pacing and tension a little bit differently to the video game just because of how you know it's not going to be shot for shot. So is is that altogether not enough to give it value, or does it need to be more different? Way to make me seem like the bad guy, Will, pinning me into a corner <laughs> here. But um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because no, you make a very valid point. Like, can art should be able to stand on its own in any medium, right? And um, I feel like this show absolutely does. The problem is, is that in the first three episodes specifically, as someone who had played the games, I feel like HBO and Craig Mazin, the showrunner, set me up for expectation. Whereas this is the story you know but there's always going to be something more to it ever so slightly, whether that be we get to see more of Sarah's day before she unfortunately comes to a tragic end in the opening of that first episode or the way that Bill and Frank's story in episode three was handled. I thought that was so beautiful, lovely and respectful uh, to the, what happens in the games, even though it happen, plays out very differently. And I would agree. I, I, I feel confident in saying that episode three is still my favorite episode. But then again, with the whole Sam and Henry stuff, you spend a lot more time with Sam and Henry in the game. They're with uh, Joel and Nelly a lot longer. But they, they, the show was able to provide its own twist and sort of, to use a perhaps overused expression, have its cake and eat it in terms of we've got plenty here for game players, but we've got plenty here for new people as well. And, we, and we're kind of perfected that balance. Um, yeah. And I'll stop emoting with my hands now. But uh, yeah, Lewis, you seem to be enjoying the show so far a lot. Yeah, and I think the point you made there is the problem that you'll always get with any adaptation to a video game. It's either it's too much like the game that people who haven't played it 
don't know what's going on or a bit confused at times or left behind whilst sometimes they'll try and take it too far away from the game to suit the people who haven't watched it and then they'll be left disappointed of how it's not the same or it's been too different and stuff like that so but like yeah like i said i've, I've really enjoyed like you said then i've really really enjoyed it so far as someone who's not played the game um i think i take in these stories better through tv or film than i do with in a game itself um and i haven't played it so I, i'm gonna definitely give it a go uh because you know I've, I've enjoyed the the show so much but like just touching on um the the character development and the relationship of ellie and joel as well i think that was another big step in that to in in episode eight uh really good again and i, I liked how it was ellie saving herself at the end rather than joel saving her as well i think Absolutely. that was a perfect that was a perfect like way for the episode to like, close out yeah, I was wondering how they were going to handle that. Did that surprise you, Jasmine? Um, kind of. But I feel like even if that wasn't how it played out, I think just the way that she was sort of like the sort of development it gave her to just be more independent throughout the episode, I think was still great anyway. Whether or not she saved herself at the end, I, I think it was amazing that she did. But whether or not she did do that, I feel like it still gave her enough development throughout the episode where it was like, you actually feel like okay this is ellie's like a she doesn't need the protection as much as she did when we first met her she's sort of becoming her own character that can look after herself um but one thing i did want to touch on is that lewis mentioned is that you see sort of more of this bond between joel and ellie developing and i think the thing is about Joel is he always acts like he doesn't care about Ellie. He's always like, oh, yeah, like she's just this girl. <laughs> she's not my kid. I don't actually treat her like my kid. But in this episode, you can see it, like the the sort of like fatherly love that comes out, especially because she's not there. So he doesn't have to act like he doesn't care anymore. He can just behave however he wants to behave. And he goes on this rampage, you know, like it really does show this other side to him that we don't get to see while he's around Ellie when he just sort of tries to act like so cool and I don't know why he's acting like that like you can just show your emotions sometimes it's fine but well, yeah I, I actually think that um I was talking to my partner I'm watching it, when I'm watching it having this theory that he acts that way because obviously in the first episode how his daughter died and he was there mm -hmm. and stuff and I feel like he might feel if he started acting that like fatherly way towards her again and got a soft spot that he put her in danger and he might end up leading her into to death um mm -hmm. so, that, so that is absolutely like, what's happening yeah yeah it, it's him putting off you know i don't want to have a repeat i don't want her to get mixed up in in my personal emotions and so um it's obviously always gonna creep in at parts and i'm glad it has mm. because you know it's been like a beating on the bush a bit hasn't it and Mm -hmm. I think everyone's glad to see that relationship finally sort of blossom. I think it was episode six where Joel actually gives Ellie the choice where he, he meets it back yeah. up with his brother and he says, look, mm -hmm. yeah. you can go with him or me. And without a second thought, Ellie's like, right, let's go. I'm yeah, with you, Joel. she doesn't even think about it. And that's what I think is like, that was the first inkling where I was like, how can Joel still behave the way he behaves towards her when this is how she is? Like instantly, she didn't even think... He said, "Oh yeah, if you come, if you come with me, we might get killed because I'm not as, you know, strong as I used to be. Whatever it was that he was saying, she didn't care. She still wanted to go with Joel, and he was still sort of kind of like acting really aloof towards her. I was like, come on, man, just say it. <laughs> say what you want to say, you know. 
Yeah. And I think she kind of needs that. She kind of needs that sort of like, because she's always lost people throughout her whole life. I think she really does need that validation from him that, you know, this person cares about me. And I, I feel mean, like Pet this episode gave that to her. I mean, if Pedro Pascal can be the internet's daddy, then surely he can be Ellie's daddy, right? Right. So, Thank come you. Come on. Like, that seems <laughs> to be the one through line uh, that poor Pedro Pascal keeps having to ask at this point. Um, but obviously we've got one episode left. I feel like I agree with Will in, in some sense that it, nine episodes is never quite sat right with me. Like, just make it a mm -hmm. nice round 10. Like, whenever that happens, it's very strange. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, I know what's coming. I've played the game. There is a lot to squeeze in. Uh, and at the same time, mm -hmm. there isn't a lot. I'd be I'd be interested to see the length of the finale next week. Because I think the first episode was like an hour 20 or an I, hour 15. Actually, I looked at that and I think it, it's ah. shorter than episode eight. I think it's 51 minutes, I want to say. Because episode oh. one was eighty-seven or eighty-one, so yeah, yeah. it was nearly a nearly a feature-length film length. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure this last episode, if what I looked at was correct, it's one of the shorter ones actually. Wow. When you put that... it like that, feature feature-length film length, that makes me realise that we actually are getting quite a big bang for our buck here, even with. Oh yeah, that's episodes. like I complain that's... about. Not, I can complain about it, but when I watched um, the latest season of Stranger Things, when I saw the length of the last two episodes, oh. that's just that's two that's two films. It's it was the yeah. length of two films. I think the issue is though is that like this episode and the last episode have basically been in real time. So you, in terms of the actual world, you know, sometimes three months will pass, and then you'll get an hour and a half in that world, and then mm. so there's just entire periods uh, of story that I'm. I'm wanting to see but not see mm -hmm. I, I love the show i just think i don't know i don't know i just feel like i want more yeah I am. but this is, is the thing is that there's only so much where they can like um keep going before it becomes too much because like the, this is the thing with the walking dead it went on for so long that so many actors have left that they had to yeah. kill off all these characters and now it's like <laughs> i i love the walking dead so much and i still would love to see more but it's like kind of like now they're having all of these different spin-off shows yeah. with all these different things happening and it's like yeah. at some point like the universe has to end no i agree but that... there's a whole sort of spectrum between like one yeah. season and one yeah yeah of course of course yeah. <laughs> but I like say... i just think that that's like a you know example yeah. of a show that just goes yeah. on for way too long yeah, yeah. but that was the entire ethos behind the walking dead when robert kirkman started the comics he was like you know soap operas yeah this is that but with zombies like it's just it's in a world that we're living in and it'll keep going and going and going mm -hmm. so that, that you know the, the tv kind of ran into a lot of problems because of that eventually mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I, i'm still kind of shocked that the final episode is you know less than an hour that seems yeah. like criminal yeah. but i agree with will because in the game the way they um communicate the passage of time is by is through the seasons so every so often it'll be spring summer winter the show mm -hmm. doesn't have that and instead you kind of have to think about it a bit more like okay they're in the snow david in this episode is mentioning you know it's been a this winter uh, as nola north says it as david this winter has been mighty cruel and that's <laughs> one of my favorite lines um so uh I, I you know maybe they didn't do a good enough job to articulate it enough but i agree with you will like this episode and the last episode it's kind of it feels like we've halted a little bit whereas previously before there was this forward momentum a little bit oh someone's at the door <laughs> yeah yeah no that, that is how i feel i mean I, I haven't played the game at all so i, I never know what to expect or I, I didn't know how much story there was to build on to start with but um 
you know, there's so many notorious parts that people are speaking about, and you're used to sort of seeing these things take place over multiple episodes or seasons. So to get it in a single episode, however long that episode is, is a mile. It's just like, oh, okay, so this this big antagonist that everyone's been excited about seeing, oh, it's, that's over now. We're done. Next thing. But like, then it's just. It's interesting hearing you describe him as a big antagonist or that people are saying that online because he does appear in just one season. Yeah, Yeah. he he kind of is the closest thing to a bad guy, I guess you would you would say. But to to round off this conversation, uh, Jasmine's already had enough. Uh, She's got to attend to her cats. Um, Obviously, I don't know if you guys have both uh, watched the next time trailer uh, teasing the finale and it's all very dramatic and there's guns involved and stuff. But. For you, what are you hoping to see in the finale episode by way of a resolution between Joel and Ellie as two people that haven't played the game? Um, I'll, I'll jump in there first. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, I don't have a clue what to expect. Um, I'm, I'm not expecting to feel happy. or um, I've learned that by now, that, that I shouldn't expect that. Um, I'm hoping there's not going to be some sort of... Uh, disappointing to get the cure and everything's fine but I, I, again i don't expect to see that um i'm expecting again knowing nothing to see some big sort of sacrifice from joel where you know sort of he saves her and allows her to walk into this safe place right at the end but i've also heard little things here or there that make me think that won't happen so i don't have a clue i just want to be entertained basically yeah yeah as um as someone who's never played the game and stuff i have no no clue what to expect like it didn't end on a cliffhanger in like episode eight so um my i like will said then i i, I sort of expect there to be some big moment which is not happy so um you know <laughs> i feel like joel's as a character has progressed loads over the season um and you never know it could be you know like an episode two when he he left it is was it wife or girlfriend, whatever, uh, behind? It could be something like that where he's the one who makes a sacrifice this time. You know, I don't, I don't know. But um, I think, yeah. The fact, obviously, there'll be a season two as well. Uh, I can't I can't see it ending on a, a happy note. I think it'll end on sort of a sad note, which can then be built on in season two. But I could be completely wrong. <laughs> Jasmine, um, we were, I was just asking Lewis and Will, as people that haven't played the game, and I, I don't think you have either, like, what are you expe- uh, expecting to see? by way of how the Joel and Ellie arc and relationship culminates in next week's finale episode? Honestly, I have no idea. It could go any direction. And this is exactly what Lewis and Will said as well. But that's that's it. Like, I have no idea. It could... Joel could die. You know, they could just kill him off. And I, I still would be like, yeah, no. I have no idea what's going to happen. They can't like, do that to Pedro Pascal, can they? They could, though. They could kill him off. And even if it doesn't happen in the game, they could still kill him off and then have Ellie do season two by herself and carry on this arc of her becoming more independent and saving herself and looking after herself and stuff like this. But I feel like... I I really hope... The only hope I have is that it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. That's all. Because I, I get it. Why shows do it? They end it on a cliffhanger to make it more like entertaining so that people will tune in for the next season, blah, blah, blah. But it's just annoying, I think. It's just like, just end it on a happy note or a sad note, not a cliffhanger, because I'm still going to watch it season two either way. You know, like I'm, even mm-hmm. if you if you end it on a cliffhanger, it's not going to encourage more people to watch. It's probably just going to put them off. I don't know. 
Yeah, sitting here as someone who knows what's coming, allegedly, is very, very interesting to hear your thoughts. Um, just chiming in before we round out today's show, Adam L uh, has commented again. He says, Breaking Bad should be the shining example of when to end your show. Interesting that he says when, because I think that, that have five seasons, Lewis. You're nodding. I guess you're a yeah, Breaking Bad Yeah, it was five guy. seasons, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't even think there's enough material to get The Last of Us to five scenes at the moment. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me because the show's been so successful if they if they have that in mind. HBO does. Um, and then finally, Gigi doesn't want to spoil things, but she says that the end of the game was the right call in terms of some people's actions. What could it possibly mean? Um, <laughs> but honestly, it's going to be interesting when The Last of Us show does uh, end because correct me if i'm wrong will would probably know this jasmine too maybe that the last of us has been running pretty much for as long as the mirror gaming walkthrough has been running this is how we've ended the majority of our episodes so yes you know, it has yeah yeah so as the last of us ends the mirror gaming walkthrough will be entering its new era um so yeah <laughs> very 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 interesting but anyway guys i won't keep you any longer that just about does it for today's edition of the mirror gaming walkthrough hope you enjoyed it thank you to everybody watching either on youtube and facebook people in the comments people watching and of course all my fellow colleagues that have joined me on today's show joining me today has been lewis barton will producer will as he is uh, properly known and jasmine manan so thanks for joining me today guys i've been aaron potter and we'll see you next week for another edition of the mirror gaming walkthrough bye bye <laughs>